0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the student leadership podcast, the overtime episode. I'm joined the here. OT edition. To- Wait, this is crazy. I'm with the, I'm with the Holtz. This is it. We, we got, we got three in the studio. today. We got the
1: small OT crew today.
0: I, it's small, but mighty. Small, but mighty. I'm joined. My mm-hmm. name is Jordan Klerick. Uh I'm joined by Aaron Holt and Caleb Holt. Yo. The three of us together become Jolt.
2: <laughs> okay
0: all right I, I like that you laughed and I, <laughs> I like that you were honest with me and you didn't like he just it. well i eyes feel at like, you. He's you, like
2: you took our last name and you took your first oh name yeah you're right where Ooh. you should have taken something from your last name
0: we could be cult because i'm choleric
2: we kind of are cult
0: we're cult <laughs> Col- cult not cult colt uh, <laughs> uh anyway all right let's let's move on because i'm gonna say something i regret and we're gonna have to re-record anyway um we just got finished recording the podcast with peter
1: good yes incredible how good missionary to Was thessaloniki that? greece
0: yes incredible doesn't love saganaki but that's okay um, what hey- is saganaki I told I mentioned this. It was um, it's like fried cheese. So it's basically a big old block of cheese that they like. I don't know. It feels like they put a flamethrower on it, mm. like crumb brulee. Yeah, literally. Cheese. No, I'm not joking. It is like that. Mm. It's
1: incredible. I want to try it. Yeah, fried yeah. cheese just sounds. Someone's so got to do it to me.
0: So if you didn't listen to our discussion on cheese and Psalm 63, <laughs> make sure <laughs> to go back and listen to that uh, because Peter was absolutely cooking. Um, he was talking a lot about like desert seasons of your life. Now he's a church planter in Greece. And so he was giving some incredible examples from his life. But I wonder, I wonder between the the three of us, what desert seasons looked like for us when we were in middle school or high school. Um, I want to try and paint with a little bit of a broad brush. So, so because all of us go through desert seasons, but sometimes we're not even aware like, Oh, I'm, I'm, sometimes I realize afterward, like, oh, that was a tough season in my life. I just kind of didn't realize what I was walking through. So what were, what were some tough seasons that you walked through as a middle schooler or high schooler, or maybe what are, what are difficult seasons that you've seen people you're mentoring right now or coaching go through? What's the desert season look like in in that stage of your life?
2: Uh, I think for high school, um, I I think for the most part, I probably was not aware enough to realize oh i'm going through a desert season right now you know what i mean um but i I think looking back i think some of the times where i was like oh i'm not sure what i want to do in my life Mm -hmm. why am i in school right now this all seems pointless like i know that i don't need these math classes for what i'm gonna do i know that i don't really need french yes language class like all this stuff and so it just felt like what am i doing all this for would you say
0: like almost aimless?
1: Yeah,
2: 100%.
0: Yeah. So I I think all of high school
1: was a desert for you, is what you're saying. (laughs) Oh, jeez.
2: No, not all of high school. Probably all of middle school and high school combined.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. No. Uh, I think there were times that I I now can put these words on it. I'll define it, but then I'll go what it felt like. I think it was just, I was really insecure for a, a lot of middle school and high school. And they felt like desert seasons to me. Um, but I'll, I'll describe what it felt like. It felt like random paranoia about where I stand with my friends. It felt like panic, like not feeling cool enough or not having the thing to do that everyone else was doing. It felt like worried that girls didn't think I was cute or that I wasn't like strong. Like the other dudes, it was basically that that's just insecurity. Me not feeling like I'm, I'm good enough or like I am strong enough or cool enough. Um, smart enough for sure. But yeah, those insecurities, sometimes it would be a couple months. Sometimes it would just be like a really bad week, but those felt, hopeless. Hmm. Um, but I, I didn't, I don't know if I was aware I was feeling hopeless. I was feeling panicked and like, I have to fix this. Um, and I think, I think those were moments that if I would have realized, Oh, you're in a little bit of a desert season and to reach out to God during that, that could have been really, really helpful for me.
1: So Caleb, for you in high school, a a desert season was more like just a lot of like, man, I'm confused as to like (laughs) what my life is all about right now for you, Jordan, a desert season in high school was more like man a lot of insecurity. So for me, I went, I I went to high school. It's really small Christian high school. And I was really endeavoring to be like a a leader among, Mm -hmm. you know, the students there and kind of lead in, you know, like different Bible clubs or uh, in our chapel services and stuff like that. And actually got a lot of pushback from some of my you know, other quote unquote Christian friends in the school because it was like a little extra for them. It was a little too much for them, so to oh. speak. So, so for me, high school desert for me would have been more like, man, I feel like I'm actually kind of getting, you know, um, uh, blasted, you know, for trying to, you know, live do for, the right, thing. do the right thing or live for God in a Christian school. Literally.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so Peter talked a, a lot about, psalm 63 which if you if you haven't listened to him or read through that i think that would actually be tremendously helpful oh yeah um for you to kind of get the most out of our conversation today but but just to pause on that desert season is a desert season because it does feel dry and i think you can you can link dryness to all of what we're feeling. Like I was feeling like, Oh, I'm, I'm not where I should be or what I want to be. You were feeling dry in like your purpose. Right. And, and you were feeling like maybe that hopeless feeling like picture a desert, you know, like, will I ever find an well, oasis? Yeah. I mean, it was kind like, of like,
1: kind of like you want to see some quote unquote fruit come from your efforts yes. to, you know, to lead people yeah, uh, to and, Christ. And, and the you're desert not is any of that. Yeah.
0: not the most fruitful. no, so, so Psalm 63 was like an anchor for him that I think I'm going to quote back to myself whenever we're in a desert season, um, just to kind of will yourself to say, my my soul will respond the right way. I will chase after God. I will get myself out of this. We talked a lot about emotions too. I guess I would ask, what are some really practical ways, um, and then I have, I have a couple other questions, but what, what are practical ways that we can enact Psalm 63? What are... What are In a desert season.
1: Well, I'm not going to answer your question. I'll let Caleb answer it first, but I want to give a little more context. Please. Especially if you didn't listen to the interview with Peter. The reason Peter chose Psalm 63 is because scholars tell us that David wrote Psalm 63 in response to being on the run for his life. Yes. Bit of a
0: desert season. Right. He's being
1: chased down by his son Absalom, who is trying to forcefully take over the kingdom of Israel. And Absalom is actually trying to kill him right so you're talking about a desert season yeah, right, right. okay um but that's the context of psalm 63 when you read it that's that's why david's saying what he's saying about a desert season and why life is so difficult because he's on the run for his life but yeah. anyways back to your question
0: yeah just like what what okay i heard him say it i feel like i'm in a desert season i read psalm 63 all right what are, what are the first right next steps the next right steps after you you can recognize yeah i'm i'm in a little bit of a dry land
2: i think i think from i think there's an a, a important question you have to ask yourself and it's kind of what is all this for hmm, hmm. And I think that can be applied in a lot of different areas. So like going back to you, dad, and talking about your, what you were going through in high school. So like, yeah, your some of your Christian friends were saying, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this stuff yeah. and you can listen to them or you can say, okay, well, what is this for? Huh. Is this for me being comfortable? Is this for my friends or is this for teaching other people about the gospel? Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. For me in high school. Like what's I,
0: your motivation is what you're kind of saying. Or what's your purpose? Or,
2: or, or what is your purpose? Or maybe not your specific purpose, but kind of what is your purpose as just a Christian who's following Christ? Um, So for going back to me in high school, okay, what is all this for? Is it, is it just for me to get good grades? No, it's about me being a steward. All right. Is it just me going to school and being consistent? No, it's about building discipline. And there's things that God wants to teach me in in this season. Right. And then, if you're going through a season where maybe you, you found your purpose and you found your calling, but things haven't necessarily worked out the right way, well, it's going back to, okay, what is all this for? It's not just for myself. It's not just for me working in my ministry gifts or it's not me just about succeeding or, or, yeah. or doing something. It, it's about a greater purpose. It's about advancing the kingdom of God on earth. It's about being obedient to him. And I think if you answer that question then you go back to maybe what's the last thing that I felt like God told me to do?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm
2: then that's a really good anchor point yeah. because sometimes when we listen, like God tells us to do something, we take a step in faith. It doesn't work out the exact right way. So we're like, okay, what is all this for? Why did <laughs> I do this? Yeah, Right. Okay. Well go back. What What did God tell you to do? Yeah. He, and that, that. that's a good anchor point for us.
1: And I love the phrase anchor point. Cause I see that actually in Psalm 63, when David says in verse two, I've seen you in the sanctuary, behold your power and glory. Verse three, your love is better than life. My lips will Glorify you, verse four. I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be, verse five, Lots fully of satisfied. I will now right, you're right. but like those that. are there. The, to me, I'm like that's anchor points. That's what Caleb's saying right there. This is Caleb. This is uh, this is David reminding himself of his purpose, reminding himself of his anchor points, and then in this case, putting pen to paper and saying man, the, here's, here's how I'm going to respond to this desert season.
0: Okay. So Caleb was obviously cooking, but here's, you, you ever hear someone say something that's true, but you're like, I don't know how this applies to me, Caleb or, or former me in my example right now, Caleb, when you were saying that, I was like, what is all this for? Well, Aaron's is obvious because it's like God's developing something in him. And you mentioned yours being perseverance. I was like, what was Jordan's insecurity or like not feeling good enough for? And and I've been chewing on that since. Like, what what is it that God was trying to establish in me? But I, I think it probably, if I look at what is life for or what is my purpose, going back to that word that you said, purpose. It's like my purpose in life, if it is to be popular or liked, I'll never be happy and satisfied because there will be someone in the school that doesn't like oh, yeah. me. There be and yeah. so I will I will be stuck in a state of you're chasing
1: shadows. Desert, desert season. There's never fulfillment in that.
0: So then I'm like, okay, probably what I needed to learn is to your question, a great question that I didn't know how it applied, but I'm like, oh, it does. What's this for? What's what's your life for, Jordan? Just to have girls think you're cool, you know? Just to like be great at guitar, just to or like, are you built for something more? Probably I had my purpose a little misaligned.
2: Yeah, I think when we have maybe our purpose misaligned or I, our identity misaligned yeah, something. If our identity isn't aligned with what God wants it to be for us, it gets a lot harder yeah, literally. to kind of figure out like, oh, what's what's wrong with me right now? Why am I feeling this way? Like I'm, mm. I feel like maybe I'm doing some of the right things or I'm trying my best in these certain areas, but maybe you're aiming towards the wrong thing. Yes. Like going back, like you're not anchored in... Purpose that God's giving you, yes, or yeah. calling that God's placed on your life, or identity that He's spoken over you.
1: I think Peter reflected that in. The, I was
0: just going to say that. in
1: the in the in the interview with him, he reflected on like his high school years growing up in a church that was experiencing rapid growth and a lot of really really great things happening. So his view then as a teenager of being called into ministry, which he was. It was like, Hey, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. This is what it's going to be like for me. What I experienced here is what I'm going to experience wherever I go. God plants him and his wife, you know, as missionaries in Greece. And it's, that's a difficult place to do ministry. And that's, that's like, we would call that hard ground, right? He's or a desert or desert season. (laughs) And, and so having those anchor points, I love that phrase, Caleb, um, to come back to um, that, you know, here in Psalm 63, and there's so many of them through, all throughout scripture. Uh, I, I felt like that's a lot of what he was reflecting to say, man, when you're in those hard times, whatever they are, whether it's like, like confusion about your identity or purpose, like what you're talking about, Caleb in high school, or, or, or insecurities like what you're talking about, or just feeling like some, some sense of resistance, like what I was experiencing in high school. You got to have some anchor points to go back to.
0: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a, a curveball, but I don't think it's a curveball because David didn't think it was a curveball. Okay. So I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> quoting from Psalm 63. Open you, up your Bibles, get yeah, Psalm 63 All right, children, of you. look, verse three. So we're talking about how do we get out of it? And Caleb hit an absolute home run talking about like purpose, those anchor points. What is this all for? How about this one? Because your love is greater, better than life, or greater than life. We we actually talked about that on the podcast my lips will glorify you. Yeah, You want to get out of a desert season, start praising God. Yeah, Like he's giving us a cheat code, which is like, what if you just make yourself worship? What if you make yourself glorify God? Let your lips praise him. I'm not going to talk bad on God. I'm not going to sulk. I'm going to choose to worship. I can't help but feel like actually, if I did that, I would start to see Caleb my purpose more clearly, Hmm. or I would get the right perspective on, Oh, what is this all for? Like instead of being a a baby about it or feeling sorry for myself or sulking, Oh God will get me through. I don't feel like David just like was waiting for the winds to blow his way. There seems to be a, that's it. I'm putting on Mav city. And I'm and I'm worshiping my way through this. Do you see that in that text? And what do you think it looks like for for us to glor my what if not that? What does it mean? My lips will glorify the Lord. My lips will glorify you.
2: Yeah. I think that the way that this I think that the way this that this applies in our daily lives is that when we choose to align our flesh oh with something that God wants us to do example glorifying him praising him worshiping him it starts to transform our spirit yes right and you know we can all think back to like retreats or worship nights right when we're having really powerful experiences in god's presence and we're like oh man i just feel so full of the spirit right now i'm a completely new person yeah and then three days later we go back to our old life right because oftentimes the um the sanctification, right, which just means becoming more like Jesus is a simple way to explain it. That process takes place little by little over time, yeah. right? And so
1: often in the desert.
2: Yes, often in the desert. So what we have to do is we have to say every day, I'm going to choose to align my flesh and choose to align my spirit with God's will, hmm. with worship, uh, worshiping him, with glorifying him. Yeah. And then slowly over time, we just become more and more like him and our thoughts and our feelings and our desires and our purpose becomes more aligned with what he wants us to do.
1: Yeah. I see that here. I see David making those decisions to say I will align myself. I will yes. I will take charge of my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions and I will make them. I will force them to align with you know, with God's will. I'm, I'm, um, a couple years ago, we had a guest on the podcast, Spencer speed, who's Mm. a district youth director in North Texas. And I'll never forget this phrase. I've used it a lot, Mm. but he, he said this on one of our podcasts. He said, I tell my students all the time, spiritual feelings are a bonus, not a necessity. Dang. Yeah. And that's, I, I see that here in this text as well. Shout out to Spencer. If you're listening, um, Like that's, this is David saying, I don't need spiritual feelings in order for me to do the right things. If I have them, that's great. That's a bonus. That's the retreats you're talking about right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like that. And so we love those moments so much when, when there is this natural alignment of my emotions with my spirituality and it all comes together in really strong moments, like a retreat or camp, we fall in love with those moments and then we become almost addicted to them. Where we can't, we can't serve God unless we have that same kind of emotional reaction to uh, being a Christ follower every single day, but that's, that's not possible. We don't live that way. Yeah. Um, when I was in, when I was in college, this is, thought just popped in my head. I haven't thought about this in years. So when I was in college studying for ministry, I wrote a paper, I don't even know what the assignment was for, but I wrote a paper um, and I titled it the adversity principle. And I, and I had found this illustration of, of trees in the rainforest versus trees in the desert. And trees in the rainforest have a um, bountiful supply of water. So their root systems only go down a couple inches or, or a foot or two. Mm. But if if gale force winds come along, they get blown over easily. Yeah. Because they Cause, have no root system. And what's
0: the need to grow deep roots right. if it's right there? It's right
1: there. It's trees in the desert. Oh, yeah. Root systems that go down 60, 80, 100 feet. And they, they can survive any f- amount of wind that comes their way because Crazy. their root systems are so deep. That's how deep they have to go in order to get water and I think about that um, back to something you just reflected on Caleb when you said sanctification the process of becoming more like Christ um, I think about that that is very much a part of the process where God is God is saying I at times will allow you or maybe even cause you to experience a desert season Uh-oh. in order to grow your root system certainly right so it's almost like God saying you've had a lot of rainforest retreats and camps that was great that was easy but now I want to put you in some difficult situations and I want you to learn how to thrive and learn how to grow.
0: Yeah. Well, well, okay. We get mad at God for doing that, but what, what, Oh, we hate that. (laughs) But what, but what good coach only lets you do drills with cones, right? Cones, cones don't call your mama (laughs) ugly. You know, cones don't smell and foul you. A good coach is going to put you in a difficult situation. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. Yeah. One minute on the clock. Yeah, well, we like, got, we got, we got seven points. Do we need to make up difference or, or else you're, you're running?
1: Okay. So like, like, like back to like when I was coaching Walk basketball, up. like Caleb, your team, it's like the difference between, okay, everyone practice your layups oh, all by your this. little lonesome self. Just dribble up and do the layup versus, okay, now you're going to do it and you're coming right at me and yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to hack you. I'm going to foul you. I'm going to push you hard and I want you to still try to finish it.
0: Yeah, literally, <laughs> yeah. which, which w- one is a good warm up, but the other one actually makes you better for yeah, the, yeah. what you're actually endeavoring to do. Yeah which is to win a real basketball game. Yeah. So it's like, God puts us in desert seasons, certainly because okay, life is not easy. So when life is not easy, do you give up on your faith? I don't want that for you. So therefore I'm going to take you into slightly less difficult seasons yeah. and let you learn some of those rhythms. And, and, and I,
1: I would suggest this is actually, it, this touches on one of the challenges that a lot of high school students in particular have when they fall away from their faith In the transition between high school and college, because so much of their high school spiritual experience was built in for them in their church, in their youth group, in their trips, their camps, their conventions, all that kind of stuff. And then they got into a more real life, so to speak, in a college setting where faith needed to have its own root system in order to survive And they, they had, they had rainforest root system. They didn't have desert season root system.
0: So youth pastors, if you're listening, um, make your retreats worse. (laughs) Hire a worse worship leader, please. Make it terrible. Bad lighting only, you know? No, I mean, but seriously, it's, it's actually encouraging to, to know that actually verse one, Psalm 63, you God are my God earnestly. I seek you. Yeah. Earnestly. Yeah. What a crazy, cool, modifying word to how we seek God. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe even a question to ask. Can you legitimately say I'm earnestly seeking God or do you need spoon fed? If the church is just right, I'll eat. But if not, sorry. And then can we get you, mad that we can't get out of a desert. Can, season.
1: can you say I'm earnestly seeking God if I'm in a desert season? If I'm, in, if I'm in the most difficult circumstances of life, David was in the most difficult circumstances of life. He's running for his life from his own son. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm talking
0: about like, this girl didn't like me. <laughs> and like, dude! And then it's like, David's like, my literal son... If I stood in a room with him, it would kill
1: me. I'm having a really bad day because my Dude. fantasy football team just was <laughs> oh, trash man. yesterday. I yeah. was in the desert season last night, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> I mean, Watching the Cowboys-Eagles game. I'm, no way. Yeah, sheesh.
0: I just think, I just think it's like, oh, we, we probably need to just say, earnestly seek God, especially when yeah. it's hard. Especially when. Okay, this is so dumb to say. I feel like the dumbest podcaster ever, but it's hard to do it when it's hard. Like that's the time I don't want to. But it's that, it is this is a good what reminder. reveals
1: to us that we have rainforest root system. I love that. Because if you can only worship and you can only pray when you feel it. Yeah, dude. When you're at the retreat, when you're at the camp, right? that should actually reveal a lot to you about the quality of faith that you have and the depth of root system that you have or don't have.
0: Yeah, actually. Okay. You can help me if I'm doing this incorrectly, but one verse one goes on to say my whole being longs for you. Okay. So there's a desire in a dry and parched land where there is no water. So maybe we could even say when we have the right view of God, his love, a Christian worldview, that that dryness could actually cause us to run to God because you're thirsty because you don't have water. Should, so in right? a dry land, you're like, I am needing some water. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's crazy that our first reaction when we're in a dry season isn't like, man, I need me some Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Instead, it's like, uh, oh, I don't have time for that now. Right? Aaron, okay, Mentor mentor me for a second. What do you think is off in me? That in a dry land, that I don't say my soul like uh, my soul seems to long for God in a waterful <laughs> land. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> God, we'll fix it in post. No, um, but like what what is misaligned with students when in desert seasons we don't actually desire God. We desire counterfeits. We desire secondary things. And what would it take for us? Caleb, you can also answer this. I'm legitimately asking, what would it take to get us to a point where we can say, Oh, in a dry land, I, I desire God even more.
1: Okay. Well, first you said, um, Aaron, what is off in me? And I thought you were going to stop there. And I was going to be like, okay, I have a whole list. What is off
0: in me? (laughs) How long do we have? How long do we have?
1: (laughs) Um, but, um, more specific to your question. I'll just, I'll just answer it in a more self-reflective way. Um, I'll give you one thought and then, you know, let let you guys all jump in. Um, if I personally can only worship or only pray or only really enter into God's presence when I'm feeling it, when I have the right emotional state of mind, when I like the worship song, yeah. Or the quality of the band is really good, you know. I travel a lot, so I run into all different kinds oh, yeah. of music and, yep. you know, it's different churches and stuff. And I've had to really learn in that process that, um, man, Aaron, are you going to withhold giving God glory because you don't like this song? Oh,
0: when you put it that way, but or, that is or or because,
1: Or because this is not technically, musically speaking, a very good band. Or because this is a a church facility that doesn't really have the greatest sound system, you know what I mean? Like really, is that is that really how shallow you are as a, I'm just talking to myself right now, right? That's that I've so I've had to really grow up through that, especially over the last several years of traveling and ministering at churches and and teach myself to recognize like like David's doing in psalm sixty three. I will, glory, I will earnestly seek, I will glorify, my lips will glorify you. And it does not matter how I feel in that moment or what my e- my musical ears are hearing in this moment. The reality does not change that my God deserves praise.
2: Huge. And yeah, that just reminds me of something that you've said a lot, which is, about our emotions, which is, is that our emotions are a great thermometer, but they're not a good thermostat. Yeah. Right? So yeah. if your emotions are are setting your actions yeah. or if your emotions are determining whether you're going to engage with God today, then you then you're leading yourself down a path where you're just going to be up and down and left and right and you're never really going to have any sort of long-standing spiritual growth. Right? But if you're saying no, I'm, I'm going to choose with my flesh to engage with God today, to spend time in his presence, in his word, in prayer, in worship. And it doesn't matter how I feel, right? It doesn't matter that I'm in a desert season. It doesn't also, it doesn't matter that I'm in a I don't know what tropical season? Yeah, tropical season. <laughs> it doesn't hey, a that, tropical that does sound season. nice. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Either way, I'm going to pursue the presence of God, right?
0: I'm about yeah. to make me do a praise. I... Well, no, people, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm ready to. When Give you, me a Bible.
1: When you were saying Caleb, you a moment ago about, about like, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, I was thinking how we make ourselves such an easy target for the enemy yes. because he knows those patterns. And so he just knows, Oh, I want to take you out. I want to take that student leader out. I just, I just got to throw some difficult circumstances at them. Or when life throws Yo. tough stuff at them, that's when I'm going to jump in and, and throw temptation into the mix. Cause Same. I know it's going to trip them up right now Yeah, because they don't have, again, the root system to sustain beyond their emotions or their feelings.
0: Or even when Caleb is in his word and worshiping, he catches on to my schemes. But if I throw something difficult at him, he won't spend time with God that week because yeah. he doesn't feel like yeah. it. So I got to do that for about two weeks. He'll be out of rhythm. Then I can tempt him. It's like, I just got to get him away from the thing that is helping him pick up on my schemes. He won't even notice. This is why
1: David survived. Straight this is up. why David survived brutally difficult life circumstances that none of us most likely will ever experience in life. we're talking, I'm talking his whole life now, not just Psalm 63, where he's running from his son, his, all of the challenges of his life, he survived because he had this deep root system. And, and I would, I'd add to that. There's a lot I could say. I'll just say one thing. He also had this beautifully refreshing ability to just pour his heart out as it was to God, because because I mean, when you read Psalm 63, he says some stuff in here that we're like, wow, I mean, he's like, he's worshiping God, but at the same time, he's praying mean on some enemies. Yeah, he's just he's just transparent. God wants that. That's the kind of relationship God wants with you and I. He wants us to just pour it all out. This is I think this is why David was still called a man after God's own heart, even after he committed really difficult sins, including the sin of adultery. He was still called a man after God's own heart because he learned how to very transparently just pour everything out and say, God, I'm just here. It's all here. All my frustration, all the good, all the bad, all the worship, all the praise, even my hatred towards my, my haters and my enemies, you know, he poured it all out and God was able to then deal with all that and help
0: him. Dude, maybe even that will help us to reach out to God in a desert season. Maybe the emotional difficulty, like, uh, do I really, do I have the ability to turn up like this? Like I'm feeling down and now I'm supposed to worship and I'm just not emotionally there. Cool. You don't have to be.
1: No, you you, You don't have to be. It's, it's almost impossible. You had to be, it's almost impossible for God to heal what you won't reveal. Come on. And, and it's impossible for God to, to bless who you are not or the person you're pretending to be straight up. You know, so, so like David models that for us He's here to here's
0: everything. I I do actually think that sometimes the reason I hide from God in like difficult days or just like down days is cause I, I tell myself, I'm not, I'm not ready to be there. You know, I'm not ready to dance on stage and tell, give him my highest praise, but it's like, wait, you don't have to just go to your dad. He wants to hear you.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm right now I'm thinking about like, if, if. If God is really like the Lord over our life, and and Jesus is actually our King, how many of us like in real life? If like a real King was in front of us or a president, and then they were like, "Hey, I need you to do this for me," and we're like, "Oh, sorry, I'm not ready right now. I'm yeah. not like, really feeling Are you it? serious?
0: <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. That I, that just yeah. kind of struck me where it's like, yeah. sometimes we, you know, we treat God like an acquaintance. Like, yeah, he's kind of my friend. Yeah. 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 And like when I'm in the right mood, yeah, I'm going to go up and talk to him and I'll spend time with him. But you know, there's just some days where like like an acquaintance, yeah, their personality just doesn't mesh with me. Yeah. Like the things that they just like to talk about, it's like, yeah, I'm just not really in the mood for that right Mm now. And it's not that we're even in like a negative state of mind where it's like, oh, I don't want to talk to God. It's just like, yeah, I don't don't feel it. Hmm. And that's like we've been talking about. That's a problem. Yeah. If we're going to live our lives like that.
0: Oh man. It did. Psalm 63 just become my favorite song. Mm. I don't know, man. It just
1: bumped up into top five.
0: Oh yeah. It, it, it rose sure. in the, the power yeah. rankings for <laughs> sure. Hey, uh, students, whether you're in a desert season or you're in uh what was it, Caleb tropical tropical season, season. um, <laughs> find an anchor point. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna need one. Yeah. You're gonna need one at some point. You really are going to need that anchor point. And maybe it's this overtime episode, or maybe it's what Peter said, um, or, or, We'd like to recommend it should be Psalm 63, yeah. where he models, David models for us what it looks like to to push your emotions to the side and to choose God even if it's a little bit ugly, uh, because to Caleb's point at the end there, he is Lord and he is he is worthy of that. And and we want to see you succeed. So, um, hey, give us a five-star review if this has been beneficial to you in any way, shape, or form. We love, love, love hearing what you guys think of the podcast, so continue to do that, please. As soon as we believe in you, we love you. Whatever season of life you're in, we know you're called to lead your generation to it with love for Christ and passion for others. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks.